Hello, my name is Anju Mottal Kadam. I am the chief nurturer of the 100 Sari Pact. The pact became a worldwide movement that touched a chord in the hearts of so many, many women and men who told their story through the medium of the sari. We have worn our tradition, our legacy handed down to us by generations of women who have lived their lives in it, and yet each one of us has made the sari our own. Modern is a state of mind, not a style of dressing. The sari, in all its glory, is the most path-breaking when deemed with a positive outlook. Through the Hundred Sari Pact podcast, I bring you stories of strength and joy, of overcoming sadness, of finding purpose, honoring a loved one, weaving fresh memories to store in a fragrant jar called life. I hope you will listen to our stories. Hello today I have with me someone I think is very very special Laila Tyabji um she is a social worker a designer a writer a craft activist also the one of the founders of Dastkar a, a non-governmental organization working for the revival of traditional crafts in India uh, a patit figure but a giant in terms of the kind of work that she does Laila Tyabji welcome thank you so much Luckily, they can't see either the smallness or the giantness, so I feel quite safe. <laughs> Lela, what sari are you wearing today? What does the sari mean to you? I mean, you do so much in the work of craft, and so, um, so much of you you have given to craft and to to actually revive it, and you spend so much time with the weavers, with the craftsmen. What has the sari begun to mean to you after? all of these years of wearing one well actually a sari for me is my regular costume i mean it's what i wear in fact it's not a costume it's just daily wear for me and i find my i find it quite curious that now i become this kind of sari lady um you know who people follow for my saris because actually the sari is what i'm most comfortable with and what i wear every single day and uh, everything else that i might wear is a costume it's fancy dress therefore what what are the kind of feelings what are the kind of emotions that a sari holds for you you say that it is it it is who you are in a sense now and and you find it you find it strange that people want to follow what you're wearing when for you it's the most normal thing to do uh, so you know what does it therefore embody for you Well actually I think the sari itself doesn't embody anything except that I find it a very comfortable thing which sort of conforms to one's mood and one's one's activities and also to some extent one's shape because it sort of molds itself to whether you put on 5 kilos or not it somehow accommodates that which is very comforting but individual saris yes do have a meaning because they have a history or they have a story and that is also very comforting to wear because you feel enfolded in your past or in the love of somebody to whom this sari belonged or in the in the history of the person who wove it or the region from where it comes so i think it does carry a lot of baggage but it's baggage which is very nice to carry i mean it's not heavy or overwhelming in any way lovely what sari are you wearing today lela 
Well, I'm wearing a sari. It's a pity you can't see me because I'm playing a little bit of a joke. Because, you know, everyone always talks about saris as, oh, they used to be such beautiful saris. And, you know, my mother had this and my grandmother had that. And now you can't get them anymore. So I'm wearing a sari which reminds people that actually saris are evolving all the time. And I'm wearing a Bujori sari which didn't exist till about 20 years ago. There was no such thing as a Bujori sari. Bujori shawls were there, Bujori pattus were there, made out of heavy wool. And the sari is a comparatively new development which has just taken the Indian market by storm. And now people come to a Daskar Bazaar or something saying, I want a Bujori, I want a Bujori. They're talking actually about the sari. And I think it's very exciting that even, you know, in 2020, we still have something new happening in the world of saris. For sure. The kind of innovation that we've seen over the years with textile and saris. And by the way, I don't have a bujori. I must get myself a bujori. <laughs> but um, how, how does it make you feel? What is the story of this sari? Well, actually, the sari... A Bujori sari says a lot to me because it comes from Kutch. It comes from this village called Bujori in Kutch, which is a weaver's village where, as I said, traditionally people made pattus and shawls out of heavy wool for the shepherds and the rabaris who live around there. And uh, Kutch is the place where I started my crafty career in 1976. And I went there as a visiting designer and had the wonderful job of documenting all the crafts of Kutch, which at that time were relatively unknown. Uh, in fact, when I was going to Kutch, people said to me that, where is Kutch? Is it in Africa? Uh, and I spent six months of my life there at a very formative age. I was just 30. And it actually was the thing that made me realize that crafts is what I want to work with. Before that, I know I had worked in all kinds of mediums and all kinds of different assignments. And so uh, when I wear this sari or any sari, any bujori sari, it reminds me of those days now 45 years ago. And it also brings back these visions of this little village and the weavers there, all of whom I still know by name and visit quite regularly, at least once or twice a year. And... Uh, the, it also reminds me, though this is not that first sari, it reminds me of the very first Bhujori sari that um, Chaman uh, by wove and brought to a Daskar Bazaar about, I think, about 15 years ago, uh, very triumphantly saying, I've made a sari. And of course, that was the beginning of this explosion of development by all the Bhujori weavers each of whom have their own vocabulary and their own design look. And this particular one is made by Daya Bhai, uh, Daya Lal Bhai. And uh, it's a very, very beautiful black and white with a very spectacular then orange and yellow and green pallo. And uh, I think uh, it's just wonderful how these weavers have incorporated uh, the motive directory that they have uh, of their old shawls and uh, textiles and put them into these saris and yet 
kept them looking so contemporary and stunning so what we think or what we label as innovation is them uh, reinventing things perhaps frankly somebody who works with craft i think that's the way to do it because we must remember that in india with this extraordinary gamut of different techniques and traditions and motives and designs we don't really have to invent something new but on the other hand we have to kind of develop it and use it sensitively so it still has a resonance in contemporary india and not everyone either craft people or designers do that very successfully i think the weavers in bhujori have done an amazing job but this is, and this is really the trick to take a technique or tradition which could be thousands of years old and somehow reinvent it while keeping the usp and the look and the tradition because that is after all the signature of the craft and if you lose that then you might as well just you know make anything you know for the people who are listening in to this will you just walk us very briefly through the technique of a bujori weave well it's a pit loom and uh, it's a hand loom obviously and uh, then it has surface weft uh, ornamentation on it as well uh, it's not a very complex tradition uh, but it does lend itself and for initially they did have a problem converting from wool to cotton and silk but they have managed to do that and they since they generally construct their own looms rather than have somebody else make them and uh, they in the back of their houses they have this pit and they have two looms or three looms or four looms so and, and it's quite easy to sort of work on it and change the tensions and things so they've now actually weaving in silk and cotton and tussar and sometimes mixing these yarns together so that they have a product which isn't as seasonal as the woolen shawls used to be and have things that they can sell all through the year and apart from sarees they do bed covers they do curtains and blinds they do all kinds of shawls mufflers scarves gave me goosebumps at, at the kind of history that is sort of i i repeat this very often the kind of history that we hold in the folds of what we wear um were this sari to come alive and were this sari to be a person sitting in front of you what would you have to say to this sari today i'd say thank you so much for making me feel so wonderful and good because really i do think not just this sari but any sari does make one feel wonderful because it's so so clever at hiding the flaws and accenting your good points i don't think there's any more becoming garment in the world anything else you want to say lela anything that i may have missed out that you wanted to speak about the sari today well i want to say that uh, to everybody who's listening that try it because there's a bit of a myth that a sari particularly for young that is very complicated to wear and it's very uncomfortable to wear and it's very uh, you know difficult to walk in etc etc and i don't think this is true at all like everything else uh, you know it's a question of 
doing it a couple of times and getting used to it but i think that goes for everything whether it's riding a bicycle or making banana bread which everybody seems to be doing these days and uh, the results are really worth it and i'm delighted actually that the sari has had a bit of a revival and that more and more people are wearing saris and buying saris today uh, in spite of the fact that um, they are if you want a really good handloom sari today during lockout you have to make a bit of an effort one more question you know i get asked this a lot of times and i i don't feel like i am equipped to answer this question and i answer the best way that i can saying let them make it their own um i have seen my own daughter uh, wear saree she's now 16 she began to wear them 5 years ago uh, but she wears her sarees um my sarees mostly but with a t-shirt and with you know van shoes and with with a little bit of a she makes it her own style what would you say to people who ask you how can we get the next generation to embrace this garment well i think by not making it too sacrosanct and you know untouchable i'm actually delighted with the kind of innovation not just in sort of what they wear on top whether they wear t-shirts or bustiers or whatever i think all that is very exciting uh, but i also think that you know wearing styles the whole thing is that it is five and a half meters of cloth you can do what you want with it and in india there are so many styles even if you want to be inspired from that uh, you know there, there are tribes in india that wear the sari like a mini skirt there are other people who wear it uh, sort of divided so that it is practically a pair of trousers so i think it gives you huge freedom and that's what we should emphasize to the young to not say that oh you know um this is so old it's, it's so traditional and all that just say that here's a garment which actually gives you freedom to reinvent yourself and your look without having to go out and buy something new every time Thank you Leila Tiabji for joining me today on this podcast. Thank you for telling your stories. Thank you for uh, shining the spotlight on uh, revival on the fact that we really really do wear our history, don't we? I hope that you will come back and tell more stories. You are the custodian of um, the stories of handicraft and handwork in India and I hope that you will return with many more. I look forward to meeting you again soon and uh, really enjoyed meeting you in Bangalore last year thank you so much nela i hope we meet again and again and again bye bye